We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three. We're talking NFL playoffs on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Hey everyone, welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I realized that I just said that a little bit different. Breaking the cadence here from the normal way, Curtis, because we're doing a little bit different thing this week, aren't we? Uh, yeah, like you really caught me off guard there, actually. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I thought you were just going to stop this recording. Um, but hey, uh, this is Curtis Patrick, and I'm I'm joining Dave Cabin, and we are two of the owners here at Rotoviz. Yep. And we are talking about the 2022 NFL playoffs. I'm going to hand it back to you for the hosting duties. Now, yes. And, and what a start we are off to here. Uh, <laughs> as I, you know, fumble my way through the opening stages here. But really, what's important now is we have NFL football, fantasy football in some form or another lives on through some of these playoff contests. We tonight are going to look through this playoff bracket, try to make sense of it to get a better understanding of some of the teams that we think are worth fading the players on and some of the teams that are worth taking the players on. Have a odd situation here now, Curtis, where there's seven teams we got to make sense of. There's reseeding, lots of ins, lots of outs. What bourbon are you drinking tonight? Yeah, this as we were preparing for... Uh, this episode, I, I had originally grabbed Angel's Envy, um, and I was going to say something like, you know, hey, it's finished in a port wine barrel, and, you know, now we're putting the finishing touches on the season. And it was going to be a nice little segue there. But then I, I just realized that um, I, I don't want to go with anything too complex because I've been staring at brackets for a couple days, and I just, I can't feel good about any of them. And so I just went to an old standby. I'm going to put myself in a comfort mode. This isn't the most expensive bourbon on the shelf. Just one you can trust. Four Roses, but it's not even the single barrel. Just Four Roses small batch. Okay? And and if you're if you're one to add something to the shelf and you haven't tried Four Roses yet, there's not a huge difference in quality between the small batch and single barrel and uh I, I would actually recommend you you spend your your dollars hard-earned coin. Uh, on the small batch instead of paying up for the single barrel until you find out if you like it. So 
four rows of small batch. I feel very comfortable now beginning this exercise. All right. So with that behind us, I think it is time to just get on into it. All right. So if you are listening to the show, I am positive that you are acutely aware of what the NFL playoffs are going to look like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nonetheless, though, uh, well, actually, yeah, I won't read through it. Obviously, we know Tennessee, Green Bay, the two teams that will not be playing in the wild card round. On the AFC side, we have Cincinnati playing Las Vegas. Now, these two teams actually met earlier in the year. The team that came away on top with Cincinnati, they won 32 to 13. Um, the team that lost being the Raiders also is 10 and seven though. Both teams 10 and seven. As we enter into this matchup, I pulled up a couple of pieces of information that I thought might be interesting to look at while we bring these up. Um, but be, actually, you know what, Curtis, I want to take a step back though, before I go that far and we actually start talking about these games as a man that sat there and looked at these brackets so extensively this week, is there one game that stands out to you as more fun than the rest that you're just really excited about? Of course, you know, when, when, the brownie, um, when the brownies aren't in the playoffs, you got to find something to get interested in. Yeah, I think I, the game that I have circled uh, is the Dallas-San Francisco game. Um, I think I just think that that game, and I don't want to get into like the specific matchup. I, I just think that that's one that truly can go either way and I think could, you know, potentially impact uh, the bracket and cause some ruckus more so than any of the other uh, stuff that can happen in the first round. Um, so th that's definitely one that I've got circled, but I I'm excited to, to watch all of these games. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So in, in this game here that we'll talk about first with Cincinnati and Las Vegas, um, the over under, uh, according to Caesar Sportsbook, which I'm looking at right now is at 49. You have Cincinnati favored by five and a half. Another thing that I looked at was the ELO um, from 538, which has Cincinnati as a seven and a half point favorite, actually winning 74% of the time. So this is a matchup that um, I think, according to a lot of things on paper, favors Cincinnati. Um, their strength of schedule on the year was just a 0.472, according to ESPN. Uh, the Raiders had a 0.51. Strength of victory also better for Las Vegas than it was for Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, the fact that this game is being played um, in... Wait, this game is being played in Las Vegas, right? I'm, I'm going to have to edit this out. No, no. No, sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, right. the, the bracket that you pulled, normally the home team's on the bottom, but I noticed this CBS bracket uh, actually has the, the, the home team um, printed on top. Yep. So, All right. yeah, so I'm yeah. just going to say that spot so I can edit it smoothly. Uh, obviously, for this game, Cincinnati being at home helps them in those measures. As I said, Cincinnati was the team that won in the regular season. Forced to choose here, Curtis, I would say that uh, I have to imagine that Cincinnati wins this game more often than Vegas. Um, I don't think that this is necessarily a gimme, but I personally would give a little bit of an advantage to Cincy. Yeah. Um, I want to add a layer of context to you gave, you know, you gave the, the over under, uh, and, and the spread from the books. Um, the, the road of his tool that I, I went to, um, just to do a little cross check here actually is a team splits app. 
and, and we've mentioned it a couple of times um, this year, but it's a, a great way to do to do team level analysis. And uh, so I just went in here. It works very similar to the Game Splits app. I'm sure most of you have have used that many times. Um, but you can you can actually look at uh, team level statistical measures, including win win percentage, but also points against in point four uh, to get an idea of you know just how solid uh, victories or losses have been. And I just changed the conditional sliders to uh, split by point spread. And so in all the games where Cincy was favored by at least five and a half, because I believe you you gave me five and a half uh, to seven and a half was the range you gave me yep. from the various books. Um, when they've been favored by at least five and a half this season, um, just, just two such games. Um, but the average outcome of those games was a Cincinnati win 36 to 27 and a half. Um, and they, they average in those two games, they averaged 3.57 points per drive as compared to 2.37 in all 14 of the other contests. So since he, um, you know, just twice this season where they favored by at least this much, but in both of those instances, uh, lo- looks like, and I would have to go to the game level detail, um, to go back to that. But the, the average of those instances was Cincinnati smashing. Um, there's a lot of, you know, being an Ohio guy, um, there's a lot of buzz. Uh, the, the Bengals have as much swagger as any team in the NFL right now. A uh, home game, you know, they're thirsty for that first playoff win in like nearly 30 years. I, I don't see, I mean, I guess I didn't see the Raiders making the playoffs. Um, and, and it's hard to believe it's the same season that, that coach, um, coach slash GM Gruden, assistant GM Gruden or whatever his title was, was jettisoned. Yeah. That actually all happened this year. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like so long ago. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I did not think that they would make the playoffs. So they're, they're already, you know, a bit of, uh, you know, a, a Cinderella story, I guess, but I just don't see them going into the jungle in Cincinnati and coming out with a victory. I, I think, I think Cincinnati, uh, I, I'm going to say 90% likely to win. Yeah. And of course, I think that's pretty material here because Cincinnati is a team that has a lot of different players that you could choose from. And then you got Mixon, Higgins, Chase, Burrow. So um, this is an interesting one. Of course, we'll have to consider what their prospects look like after the first round. Uh, but that is the uh, one of the wild card matchups that we have. We also have the Bills hosting the Patriots. As we know, the two teams split uh, games this season, there was that really weird uh, game earlier in the season where New England basically just ran the whole game. The odds in this matchup, um, according to various sports books, normally have it around a four point uh, or they have the Bills as a four point favorite over under around 44, 538 ELO has Buffalo by six um, with a 70 percent. So things really uh, favoring Buffalo there. Also, there's a lot of different statistical uh, measures that you could look at on the team level that uh, favor Buffalo. And I think that one of the things most people will look at here is the matchups uh, between the quarterbacks, which a lot of people would say maybe Bill Belichick negate some of that. Uh, Even as a New England fan, I would say I expect Buffalo to win this one, um, which I feel like most people would. uh, But why don't you just weigh in on that? Uh, Because this might be a tough one for me not to bring in some personal bias. Yeah. Yeah. if if I'm thinking, I guess if I'm just you know going introducing gut feel or or heart feel or or whatever, just you know uh, football fandom. The Patriots getting back to the postseason 
Um, the, the way that they did it, uh, te- team football, a stronger, much stronger defense this season, um, an offense that is kind of greater than the, the sum of its parts somehow uh, with a, a, a rookie quarterback. I mean, it just feels like early 2000s Bill Belichick wizardry mm-hmm. again. And so it does spook me a little bit uh, because the I don't think that the Patriots are one of the best teams in the AFC, but I certainly think they could. Um, they could certainly disrupt the playoff picture. I, I really do think that they could. However, um, that's just all the knowledge that I'm, you know, it, it's the stuff that I can't erase from my brain because I saw it and I knew that it happened. When I'm just looking at what's gone on in the 2021 NFL season for the Bills as a four point home favorite or greater, um, they, they won uh, 71% of those games. So uh, I believe they were uh, five and two. Um, average outcome of those games, Buffalo win 28 and a half to 17.8. Uh, so handily two possession games. Um, you know, I, Josh Allen, we talked about in the fantasy player of the year, uh, episode earlier this week, he, he really just set the, the world ablaze, put the team on the shoulders. He's, he's been running more. The team's now getting some, uh, production, consistent production from Devin Singletary. It seems like they've, they've made a choice in their backfield. They've got Stefan Diggs. They've got Dawson Knox. Uh, they've got Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders available. I, I just think th- they've got too much firepower. And I think that the Bills are, you know, last year was almost like, they were a year early or something, or they were a year late after being a year early. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's almost like they had too much swagger. It's kind of almost how I see Cincy this year. Uh, the bills end up getting that, uh, except the bills had the higher seed last year. Now it's like, okay, they've been there. They, they underachieved versus their expectations. They, they've got that bad taste in their mouth. They could, they're like a couple plays away from being the one seed this year, instead of the three seed, like literally a couple plays. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just think this might be the year where they actually get it done uh, versus last year when they felt early. So I, I'm going with Buffalo. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to have any iterations of playoff uh, playoff challenge lineups where it doesn't assume a, a first round Buffalo win. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's the sensible way to play it. Uh, and then another matchup here um, that we need to talk about is one that I think slants pretty heavily uh, in one direction. Perhaps people would agree, but you have Pittsburgh visiting Kansas City. I will say that when the teams met earlier in the year, you had Kansas City winning 36 to 30. Kansas City, though, favored by 12 and a half over unders at 46.5. The the ELO has um, also a 12 and a half point spread, 86% um, in favor of Kansas City. If I am even trying to think of, of ways, well, I guess what I'm saying is I, I just think it's it's going to be hard to try to talk oneself into taking big chances on contrarian plays here with any of the Pittsburgh players given um you know how one-sided this contest looks to be. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, it it's difficult because I, I don't actually think that the Steelers can win this game. Yeah, but I think I think there's a chance that they could perform. They could somehow perform offensively, um, and and still have a, a one game scenario where there's a, a player who ends up in the optimal. Um, yep. You know, Kansas City could get out to a big lead, 
force Roethlisberger into this, you know, 50 or 60 passing attempt game script. Najee Harris could, could see 10 plus targets. Deontay Johnson could end up holding on to the ball. You know, so I, I, I those are the two really that worry me um, is it, I think the big decision point, and, and, and I guess I'm talking from a standpoint of the FFPC style playoff challenge um, where we can only roster one player from a team and we have some soft fades and hard fades. I'm just terrified that I'm going to make the wrong call uh, and totally fading the Steelers versus, uh, you know, actually rostering Deontay Johnson or Najee Harris. So maybe let's just focus on those two guys just for a second. We sure. talked a lot about the Steelers. If you were going to play one of the two, Dave, yeah, um, which one would you play? I got to go Harris. And, and, and I think it, that really just goes back to um, a number of the things that we've seen this season um, in that uh, they've been forced in so many situations into using Harris. We see him getting the high value touches when the team's winning, when the team's trailing. Uh, it feels like regardless of game script or opponent, he has to be involved. Uh, also, the Chiefs defense has been playing better Um over the course of the season, you know, from from looking and tracking their secondary, I, I've seen improvement there. They're actually playing pretty strong now in terms of limiting wide receivers from a fantasy perspective. So I feel like the team's also more susceptible in line for Harris. So forced to choose, uh, I would go with Harris. Okay, yeah, let's we're going to cross check this um, on Friday's show. Um, just a, a little teaser. We're going to have Blair Andrews on. Uh, he wrote some game theory and leverage. Um, and so I'd be curious his thoughts as well on how yep. he wants to handle the Steelers. And, you know, we're, we're going to settle our bracket on today's show um, and get in a little deeper into the plays on uh, tomorrow's show as you're listening to this. Okay, so we got the first round of the AFC settled there. Yeah, we do. So it's Kansas City. It's Kansas City. I mean, Pittsburgh's not winning that game. So Right. So then the we are game. looking at um, Tennessee, that would mean, versus uh, Cincinnati. And then Kansas City, Buffalo in the second round. Do we want to start talking to NFC before we think about those? Uh, let's let's stick with the AFC. Let's run right. it through. We're, right. we're, we're, these teams are fresh in our mind. All right. So Tennessee and Cincy, um, just to give a little bit of background, because obviously we're not going to have the spreads and, and all of that information. As a reminder, Tennessee went 12 and 5. Uh, five and one in their division, won seventy percent of games, uh, which is a bit of an improvement over the ten and seven record that the Bengals had. Uh, their strength of schedules were pretty identical. Tennessee's strength of victory was at four point eight. Uh, this could have been a better team had it had Derrick Henry for the duration of the season. I got to be honest, Curtis. I feel like this is a very, very tough one to consider. In some respects, Cincinnati feels like a hot team right now. Things coming together. There's this, like like you said, gut feel fan type of part of me that just wants to be like, oh, Cincinnati is going to go through. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, I, but I think that the tough part is, is that Tennessee, at the end of the day, they're the one seed and, and they did it without Derrick Henry. And they've got a home game where they're actually probably going to have Derrick Henry back in, in a material role. He may not be 28 carry playoff Derrick Henry, but he might be 15 touch Derrick Henry in that round. And as long as they can keep the game script, you know, pretty neutral. Um, I like them at home. I, I think Cincinnati will absolutely have to come out here swinging. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think the first five minutes of that game, the first possession for each team even could be so critical in that matchup to, to how the rest of that game is going to play out. You know, uh, yeah, it, it is, it feels like a coin flip because in some ways I, I, you know, I think Cincy, you know, they win the home game. Now they get the dose of reality. They go on the road against you know uh, one of the elite teams in the AFC that's been performing at a high level for a couple of years and you know they, they break through they get that win now they go on the road they, they really uh, have to face a, a strong team with some elite talent I think um, I, I would pick the home team here uh, the one seed I don't it's like a 65-35 thing like I definitely can see Cincinnati winning that game um if if we were to get an update that Derrick Henry wasn't going to be a full go, uh, I think then it becomes a true coin flip. But the the fact that Henry's going to be available in some capacity, presumably, I'm going that direction because I do think with Henry, the Titans are in the picture as the best team in the AFC, regardless of record, like on talent and their ability to control a game, control a clock, impose their will. Uh, it's just a, it's a type of team that doesn't really exist elsewhere in the AFC. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, and I mean, overall, uh, I think I do agree with you in my mind. If I picture that game being played out a hundred times, given that they're the home team, given that there's some things that um, might allow them to control the game, like you said, in some ways, I would expect uh, Tennessee to win that game more often than not, which then leaves us with what I believe to be one of the more intriguing games we could see in the playoffs here. Buffalo versus Kansas City. The game will be played in Kansas City. Uh, all, you know, just like super intriguing matchup between those two young passers at this point. Mahomes has proven himself by getting to the Super Bowl. That's what Allen is trying to do. Um, this one, I got to be honest, Chris, I think feels like a little bit more of a toss up to me. Um, well, Buffalo didn't Buffalo go into Kansas City and win 38 20 early in the season. That I mean, I think I think they familiar. went in. I think they yep. went in there and pantsed them. They went in there and pantsed them. Now it was 
it's eons ago. It was like in October. Um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot has happened since then for sure. But, you know, I tweeted out earlier, it just like into the abyss, not really looking for interaction. Like, are the chiefs actually good? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really mm-hmm. don't. They, when you look at them versus the AFC competition, okay. They, they got smashed by Buffalo at home. They got smashed by Tennessee at home. And they also lost in a barn burner um, at Cincinnati to the upstarts. Now, if you look across the bracket to the NFC, they did win very low scoring snoozer type affairs against the Packers and, and the Cowboys. Those are really their two signature wins that they had. And oddly enough, it didn't come in traditional Kansas City uh, offensive dominance fashion. You know, it was a totally different type of script than you typically see when you think about the Chiefs winning against a good opponent. So I, I just really don't, I don't know what to think of a man. They're going to get Clyde Edwards Elaire back. I think that that's generally good for Patrick Mahomes to have different um, types of rhythms uh, that you can get into in different packages than you're, you're doing with, you know, Daryl Williams. I like Buffalo in this game. I, I just do. I, I, I think uh, they're, they're more physical. I think Josh Allen has played better consistently a course across the course of the year. I'm still not sure about Tyreek Hill's health. It worries me. I, I I'm picking Buffalo. I just, I, I agree. It's a toss up at 60, 40, but it, you know, if, if we're filling out our one bracket, you know, if we're, if that's what this yep. exercise ends up being, it's our one bracket. I, I'm taking Buffalo. Listen, I'm not uh, really like that opposed to that. I think gun to my head, I'm probably saying Buffalo. Um, you know, if well, I'm, I'm, being I'm not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put a gun to your head. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, that's I'll good put, your, uh, put a mic to your mouth, but I'm not going to put a gun. All to your right. Head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let, let's say this split second, important decision. I'm forced to make it. I think I do go Buffalo, but the point here I think is, um, well, actually, I don't know. I, I guess the point here is it makes it makes Josh Allen, uh, assuming Josh Allen is the guy to take from Buffalo, if it makes him more alluring, alluring he's the guy. If it's not him, whoever that whoever that player might be. Um, all right, so I think that would then leave us in the AFC with Buffalo and uh, Tennessee. Do you think that we need to go through that, or is the fact that we expect these teams to be advancing far enough the the takeaway here? I don't think there's a lot to say um, other than we can just let's see if we can agree on the winner. I, at this point, Buffalo wins at home, um, totally establishes themselves as as Bill Belichick's daddy. Then yep. they go on the road and they put Patrick Mahomes down. I, they are not losing at Tennessee at that point. Yeah, not. I don't disagree with that. I I I, I, I was gonna, I was going to say I expected Buffalo if they get that far to beat them as well. Okay. So okay. there we go. We have a line. So we have Buffalo we have a line. on one side. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's pop over now and talk about some NFC teams. Really interesting game between the Rams and the Cardinals. Now these these teams split things in the regular season. Um, as far as the spreads go, uh, you have the Rams favored by four with an over under around 49.5. According to ELO, um, let me make sure I can find that here and I'm reading the right 
right one. Uh, you have the Rams by six at 70%. Um, in the season, you had the Rams going 12 and five, Cardinals 11 and six, uh, with the Rams and the Cardinals playing pretty similar schedules. The Cardinals actually, though, having a better strength of victory. Um, be that as it may, this is going to be at home for Los Angeles. I, I think I'm pretty, uh, I'm picking Los Angeles, uh, you know, in, in a fairly sweeping fashion for me, putting them at around like a 60. If I, if this gets played a hundred times, I think they, they win somewhere between 50 to 60. What did you say the spread is for this game? The early spread? Minus I think four? the early spread actually at, at books is around four. Yeah. Minus four for LA. Okay. Uh, LA had four games this season and this is crazy too i i always hate these first round games where two divisional opponents have to face back up uh because it, it yep. seemed like it, it's what was happening to cleveland <laughs> for uh, the, the the couple times since they that team came back in uh <laughs> uh 20 some years ago it, they kept getting matched back up with the steelers in the first round and then it took until last year for them to finally get over that but uh, anything can happen these teams know each other very well um LA had four games uh, in the regular season where they were home favorites of four points or greater. Uh, they won three of those four games. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the average outcome of that game was LA 22.75 to opponent 17.75. Again, I'm using the team splits app for this. So yep. uh, they basically, the average outcome was a victory where they covered the spread by one point. Um, they actually underperformed on a points per drive basis slightly versus all other, all, you know, 12 other games in the, in the sample here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I could really see this going either way. I, I feel bad, I guess on the side note here, I, I feel bad for, for Arizona. Um, I mean, they're missing some important pieces. I mean, Deandre Hopkins, I mean, the best team he's ever been part of uh, could, could have really had something special there. AJ green, a chance for a late career um, couple, you know, deep playoff run. Kyler Murray is as, as exciting as some of the other young quarterbacks we're talking about, but it just, it's a season that feels cursed to me. Uh, and it, it's very much like the Steelers of 2020, like they mm -hmm. just peaked way too early and, and then and the, the wheels just came off. Um, I don't like the Cardinals on the road in the brand new Los Angeles stadium with, I, I just don't, I don't like the feel of it um, at, at all. And I don't feel comfortable with brackets that have the Cardinals winning. That being said, it is a divisional matchup. Um, Kingsbury and McVay know each other very well. I do think McVay is a better coach. Um, and so I'm leaning that direction. And, and if it's our one bracket, I'm leaning that direction. I do think the Cardinals could, could pull off the upset though. Okay. That that's fair. So I think though, we're, we're pretty firm there with uh, the Rams. So you have Dallas and San Francisco feeling like one of those awesome matchups from the nineties. Uh, Yes. Dallas. Yep. Dallas favored by three over under at 51. That is on the books. If we pop over to the ELO, Dallas by five and a half, 69%. During the season, you had Dallas going 12 and five, San Francisco 10 and seven. San Francisco playing a slightly harder schedule and actually having a slightly better strength of victory percentage. Uh, we saw Dak Prescott have a couple of good games down the stretch. Um, this will be a home game for the Cowboys. I think that um, I would lean here 
towards Dallas, but I don't feel as definitive on this one, which, you know, I'm, you're probably not going to, uh, uh, you know, as indicated by the, this having one of the, the, the lowest spreads that we've seen in the week. I'm terrified at this game. I, I think that this, mm-hmm. I just really terrified, man, because part of me thinks that the Cowboys actually could represent the NFC in, in the Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think th- there's versions of the bracket that play out that way where they actually, they actually go get it done. I mean, they have, this is a super talented team. Mike McCarthy's been deep in the playoffs before. I, 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 the, the defense uh, creates turnovers. I, I, they have the type of squad that could really get hot and, and get it done. Um, but after watching Jimmy Garoppolo, that 17 point comeback last week with half a hand, I mean, the 49ers are like the team that I, I would not want if I was, you know, whether it's the Cowboys or any other team, like if I'm an NFL fan and my team made it to the playoffs, like I don't want my team to play the 49ers. I don't know what they're capable of. Um, and I think yeah. they could upset in, in a, like any given Sunday. I think that the Niners can, can definitely be any team on either side of the bracket home or away. Um, they've got such explosive playmakers. And if Jimmy G doesn't turn over the ball, they could go far. And yeah. so I'm just really, I don't think that they could actually get all the way through the NFC bracket like I do think, uh, like I think the Cowboys could, but I'm just really terrified about this game. And I think it's the most interesting game to talk about from a playoff challenge perspective too, because what you do with this game and how far you take the team after this round, um, the, the, the easy thing is just to have either team losing in, in the second round, because you'd end up with San Francisco going to Green Bay, probably, unless you think that, uh, unless you think that Philly can upset Tampa. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't like San Francisco against Green Bay after pulling up off an upset at Dallas. But if Dallas wins, you know, they, you, then you have them traveling to Tampa Bay. So the easy answer, the convenient answer is to just take both of these teams to the second round and have them bounce. But I do think that they're both good enough to do more than that. And so, and, and and the Niners in particular, it's like, who's going to do it on their offense? I can't wait to talk with Blair about this because it could be Mitchell, could be Samuel, could be Kittle. Yep. Um, and, and then for the Cowboys, it's like, if you take them far, Dak's probably awesome leverage. Like he's, he's as good of a fantasy asset as any of the other quarterbacks in, in the tournament and uh, in a game to game uh, scenario, but there's other teams that feel like better bets have more games, but Dak could win the tournament. And then you also have, all right, well, it's it's the playoffs where they lean on Zeke every time they get in short, hmm. just, you know, get that last run out of him. Or does Amari kind of continue his uh, consistent production or CD finally get off the schneid? It's tough, man. I, we could probably do a whole show on this game, and I definitely wouldn't feel any closer to making a pick than I do now. Yes. Um, so I, it's it's a true it's a true toss up. I think all ties go to the home team. Yep. Um, so so we'll we'll lean Dallas there. But I wish the Niners, last comment, I wish the Niners had somebody swaggy enough to pull off a Terrell Owens on the star moment. <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think that player exists on the current squad. Yeah, I don't think that's in play. Well, the good thing here, Curtis, is I think that the Tampa Bay Philly game, we don't even really need to talk about it. That that's Tampa Bay pretty decidedly, right? Yeah, man. Um, right. I, I hope that Jalen Hurts makes it close. Uh, just, just because I like the player, but I, I don't think there's any chance they beat the Bucks. Okay. All right. So that then gives us 
um, with Tampa Bay winning, we're giving the edge to Dallas. We would then have Green Bay playing uh, the Rams, right? And then we would have Dallas playing Tampa Bay. So Green Bay against LA, dude, that's a pretty hard one as well. Um, but I actually think I'm going LA. Oh man. Oh, one and done for the pack. Woo. Uh, I like it. That's a, that's a bracket buster. And if you make that pick, um, it probably doesn't change your target on the Rams and it actually probably doesn't change your target on the Packers. That's what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. Um, is that you, you can enjoy the outcome of that game as so long as Rogers isn't your, your pick from the Packers. Um, you know, th- this, that game, th- this outcome would destroy a, a Rogers based uh, playoff challenge lineup, obviously. Uh, I, but, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. We're, we're going to, we're on we're opposite sides here. on this one. I, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I, Green Bay and La- Lambeau in January. Um, it's got to mean something, especially to somebody playing at such a high level like Aaron Rodgers this season. Um, and we've seen we've seen Stafford get the pick sixes a couple times when he when he gets pressed. Um, and the Packers have really done a good job of developing a power run game to be able to win another way, which is something that was lacking in, in recent years. Even even with Aaron Jones playing well, they didn't have the type of ability that they have now with AJ Dillon um, and the one two punch. Uh, in recent seasons. So uh, really, really like the Packers here. Um, And this will be interesting as we work through our podcast team, I guess uh, uh, we're we're not going to be on Rogers. I think that's how we, that's how we, uh, that's how we agree from a lineup perspective. Yeah. um, I think that's probably the way that we have to do it. Uh, You know, it, it is interesting. The guys that you could float in, like I find like an Aaron Jones play for the Packers to be really interesting. Uh, and then if they like if they were to advance, he's the guy that I think could be interesting. Uh, but anyway, though, we also have the Tampa Bay then in Dallas game to discuss. Um, that's another really that's a like that's a that's an interesting one. I think, though, without needing to really run through very much here, I think that we've seen the Buccaneers prove themselves to be a really good team, given what we saw last year, given what we saw this year. And they have Tom Brady. Uh, I think it continues. So I, I would give the favorite here to, well, obviously the favorite, but I would give a, you know, a decent enough edge to Tampa Bay to, here to feel pretty decent about, you know, investing heavily in one of the big guys on their team. It'd be a repeat of, it'd be a flashback to the first game of the NFL season, Dave. Remember that all the way back on Thursday, September 9th, the Cowboys well, went really. into Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like 80 years ago, man. Yeah. It does. Um, it feels so long ago. Yeah, four months. That's like eighty years. Uh, the Cowboys lost thirty-one to twenty-nine in Tampa. That that was that game. Um, great, great way to open the season. I think it'd be a very similar um, situation this time. Um, it does. You know, the, the big difference is you know how is how is the absence of Chris Godwin going to affect Tampa in those tight games? Mm-hmm. Um, and what what happens if Mike Evans, you know, gets a back or Gronk gets a hammy or a back? Um, the team. I still think that Tampa can accomplish everything all the way up to hoisting the Lombardi trophy, but they feel much more fragile than they did last year. Not having Antonio Brown, not having Chris Godwin, um, they really need to run pure. 
And so that that's the one risk uh, that I think you have to keep in mind uh, with with Tampa. And so if you advance Dallas past the first round in particular, if you advance Dallas there um, and a sh- there's a shootout situation in, in this game with the Cowboys and, and Dallas and Tampa loses somebody in the first game against Philly or they lose somebody against Dallas, I think they're susceptible. So I agree we advanced Tampa, but um, I, I am worried about injury with, with this veteran heavy team. Okay. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. Uh, so that then gives us, Curtis, a bracket that has the teams moving the furthest along Buffalo and Tennessee. And then, um, I mean, Tampa Bay, obviously. I forget though. So LA and Green Bay, it seems like you were Green Bay. I was kind of more LA. I think it makes more sense to probably lean green bay but now of those four teams that we've mentioned who are the two that you have the strongest feelings about them actually going that far said differently i'm like curtis you need to tell me out of these four teams (laughs) the two that have the best chances of being members of this group okay which two teams are those well i mean tennessee doesn't have to accomplish much I mean, they've got to win one game, right? They got to mm-hmm. win one game to get to that spot. So, uh, it, depending on whether or not we include Green Bay in there, I mean, I, I think you got to say Tennessee's got the best shot of, of those squads. Now, unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily help us a lot from a fantasy lineup perspective. But if we're just talking about our brackets, uh, I would I would say Tennessee highest likelihood. I, I like them at home against Cincy or Vegas, and then honestly. I feel very convicted about Buffalo. I'm a little worried about it because it's not like they're going to just waltz into Kansas City um, on in, in an auto win. But I, I feel, and they got a tough game against New England, but I, I feel like how they performed against this quality of team this year, other than the Jacksonville um, debacle, uh, I just, I, I think they're, I think they're built to, to do it in the playoffs. Um, now that we've talked through the NFC, I think it's a total train wreck, man. So, so I think I, I'm going to go with Tennessee and Buffalo uh, of those four teams feeling the best about. You know what? It, it's it's kind of crazy when we actually sit there and line out the games that Buffalo has to go through. But the thing is, every team more or less is going to have to go through a pretty difficult uh, onslaught here. Um, I guess you could say with the, ex- well, Maybe an onslaught wouldn't be the case for Green Bay because they only have to win that one game. But I think their one game might be more challenging for them than it would be for Tennessee necessarily to move on. So I I think I could be somewhat on board with you there. Uh, I guess, Curtis, that we should just run through what our final bracket would look like. Should we do that? I know we've kind of laid it out, but should I I actually read through it? So you're going to have 10. All right. You're going to have Cincinnati beating Las Vegas to face Tennessee with Tennessee winning that you're going to have Buffalo beating new England, then playing Kansas city who beats Pittsburgh. Then you have Buffalo and Tennessee. Uh, and on the NFC side, you have the Rams beating the Cardinals, uh, Tampa Bay beating the Eagles, Dallas beating San Francisco, which sets us up for a green Bay LA Rams matchup with probably Green Bay winning that, then a uh, Dallas-Tampa Bay matchup with maybe a slight edge to Tampa Bay. That Green Bay-Tampa Bay 
NFC Championship game. Oh my word, would that be fun? Yeah, I, th- I think I think we have to root for it just because it would what it would mean in NFL history. Um, yep, multi time uh, MVP, multi time uh, you know Super Bowl winner. I, that would probably be the latest in the playoffs. Quarterbacks of of that caliber have faced each other. I would assume um, that that would be that would be an all timer for sure. For sure. I think in recent games, didn't we get uh, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers one time? Was it that far along? I can't remember. Was it in the championship? I can't. I actually can't remember, I can't remember. if it was in the championship game or not. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. I know. I, I remember wanting it to happen, but I don't remember if it did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, at any rate, this has been a longer episode. Um, how entirely actionable it was i am you know hoping it was it was decently in terms of our teams i think that it's still going to be interesting to try to work through and go through all the game theory and make these final decisions but any closing words for us curtis before we shut down here yeah i just think um the takeaway is that this this tournament feels more wide open uh than it than it has in recent years uh, between the quality of the teams at the top and the upstart nature of some of the teams uh on the come so I, I think a lot of different things are in play and I don't want you to talk yourself out of some lineup that like is just too weird. Um, cause I, I think it could get weird this year and, uh, you know, Bla- Blair is going to join us on Friday morning. We're going to talk through player targets. We're going to identify some leverage. Um, I've got an article that should be out before uh, that episode as well, where we we dig into, and in, in particular, the specific quarterbacks that I think should make up your your pool uh, if you're if you're putting in multiple entries. So we can get on that as well. So a little bit more actionable in t- terms of uh, making your lineups, but this was just this was just some real football talk today. Yeah, always fun to kind of switch things up here and uh, go through it. Anyways, we will be back uh, back here tomorrow with Blair. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.